0: Welcome to the UCSF Sports Medicine Podcast, six to eight weeks, Perspectives in Medicine. During our program, we continue to cover a variety of hot topics in the sports medicine world and more.
1: Welcome to this week's topic, steroid injections, also known as cortisone injections. We're going to talk about what they are, what they're not, when they're considered safe, not safe, and as a patient, what you should know about them. Steroid injections are a highly controversial topic where despite the fact that it's a really commonly used treatment, there's a lot of unclear information out there for patients and for providers as well. Now, a lot of this centers around the risks of these treatments, the number of injections that can be done over a period of time, and whether this is going to mask pain, put you at higher risk for injury, or is it going to accelerate problems such as knee arthritis or rotator cuff tears. Now, in preparation for this, I did a somewhat deep dive into the literature and unfortunately, a somewhat deeper dive into Reddit. And I see why the information is so confusing for patients. It's really a mess. So I want to talk about steroid injections in a few different scenarios. First, the most common when we use it for adult patients in knee arthritis and bursitis or partial tears around the shoulder and rotator cuff problems, when and why we use it, particularly when we should be thinking about avoiding it and then talk a little bit about kids and athletes in the scenario of return to play and get back on the field. Drew, first question. You have a 65-year-old patient. He's a construction worker, works on his feet a lot. He's got swelling, moderate knee arthritis on his x-rays. He's also got a trip to Europe coming up in two weeks. Would you consider doing a steroid injection on this patient? Why
0: or why not? Yes, I definitely would. There is a lot of controversy about injections. People do have opinions and kind of across the board, but for this type of patient, it's a very localized, direct treatment that helps manage the symptoms that the patient is experiencing. And so The steroid can work as a local anti-inflammatory just right in the joint that's problematic, that's causing him pain. It can be short-lived. The results may not last forever. But especially for somebody who says, hey, I've got a trip coming up in two weeks. I'd really like to enjoy that. I'd like to be able to walk more. I think that will offer him that benefit. And I think it'd be a perfect treatment for somebody in that scenario. One
1: of the things you mentioned is that it decreases inflammation. Can you talk a little bit about how steroid injections work? What medications is it similar to what we would take orally? And how do steroid injections not work?
0: They are an anti-inflammatory. So some of the oral medications like Advil, Aleve, Motrin, Meloxicam, those are all non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So they work in a slightly different pathway, but that influences that inflammation that people experience. So when you take that orally, it's processed into the bloodstream, it goes throughout the body, and that if there's an area that's inflamed, you're hoping that it reduces inflammation in that area, but it's broader treatment because it's going throughout the whole system. And then you can also take oral steroids like prednisone. That works in a similar fashion. It's just a little even more broad of a treatment and has you know potential for more side effects, but it also impacts those inflammatory pathways and so when we give a steroid injection we're just delivering that medication directly into the space of interest so in this this situation it's delivering it into the knee joint and then so that medication can act on the synovium the joint lining which is usually what is inflamed and so instead of it going throughout the whole body and then hoping it gets to that area you're just kind of putting it right on that structure and letting it act locally There's benefits in that, in that it directly treats it, but then there's something that we'll talk more about here, but there can be negative effects too, because that medication is at a, you know, a higher level and it's going just right in that defined area.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that patients are often worried about is that it's going to mask pain. And I think the best common for that is a narcotic or taking something like oxycodone or Vicodin or Norco. And that physically blocks the perception of pain. With a steroid injection, you're decreasing that burden of inflammation. So if you have, let's say, an inflammation of 80, you get a steroid injection, it drops it down to 40, you're physically having less pain for it. It's going to help you feel better which may also perpetuate being able to do physical therapy more be able to be more active maybe even lose a little bit of weight which we know is a confounder for people who have knee arthritis or hip arthritis so even though it's not ideal in that it does have side effects it is something that is beneficial and you won't injure yourself more just because you've had that steroid injection.
0: One thing with that too is understanding what is causing the pain. You know, A lot of things like arthritis, other conditions where decrease the inflammation and you're not gonna necessarily make the problem itself worse. Uh, and then there are some conditions where You know, if you numb up the joint, you can cause further problems by just pushing through it. So, you know, we've talked before about meniscus root tears. If you just numb that up, you might be able to do more, but you might cause damage too. So I think that's on us to help figure out which bucket that lies in. Is this something that does have the potential to be made worse by, you know, decreasing the pain or are we helping overall by, you know, making it feel better too?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it brings up Reddit, which is my favorite place for medical information. Yes, And there's, (laughs) I typed into Reddit, I asked (laughs) what happens when you have a steroid injection. And the first thing that comes up is a article that says cortisone injections increase risk for knee replacement in those with knee osteoarthritis. Each injection increased the absolute risk of knee replacement by 9.4% at nine years follow-up. If you have one injection a year for nine years, you have 100% chance of a knee replacement, according according to this article. It's in the British Medical Journal, which is a really pretty good journal you have to really read that article rather than read the quote on Reddit because what the people that were more symptomatic, meaning they had more symptoms, they felt their arthritis more, were more degenerative on their x-rays, their arthritis was more severe, were also the ones that were getting the injections. So another way to interpret that literature is those people that are more symptomatic are more likely to ask for interventions. Those interventions may not be sufficient over the course of a decade. And they may, no matter what we do, end up with a joint replacement.
0: Right. You would never recommend having injections or other treatment into a joint that's asymptomatic. And so when you're asking for something to help with pain, like you're already starting with a problem and it's not going to reverse arthritis. It's not going to totally solve the problem, but it you know, can also help with those symptoms. And you know, if you're going on a trip and you want to enjoy it, that might be what allows you to do it. The ideal patient is kind of the one I made up. Somebody who we know has
1: arthritis. It's not super severe. They're not looking for a joint replacement in the next couple of weeks. They have some swelling because I really think that swelling causes that achy pain, pain, that's secondary to inflammation. So having a steroid injection, especially a couple weeks before, so if there is any secondary inflammation from the injection itself, that's got time to calm down. However, some people go on multiple trips per year. We all have heard kind of that rule of threes. You can only have three steroid injections. Now, what if they've had three prior spine injections over the last couple of years? Do you limit a patient if they've had three injections in another body part, or it's been kind of sporadic throughout the rest of their body, do you hold off on letting them have an injection?
0: No. And I would look at it as body part specific. It's really that the local effects of it. And if you've had three in the left knee, I think something's needed on the right knee, that's totally fine. Or something's needed at the shoulder. I would be careful with getting too many all at the same time. And then especially for patients who, uh, you know, they're diabetic, um, that can, you know, cause more problems if we get too many all at the same time. But I think each spot can be treated individually.
1: Yeah. So beware a doctor that comes in with seven needles and says, we're going <laughs> to we're gonna give you a lot of steroid. But realistically, that almost never happened. Yeah. I looked back to try to find where the origin of the, you can only have three injections was. And I found nothing all that convincing because it had to have been before 2002 when I started residency, because I had already heard about this rule when I started, which, gosh, when I say it that way, it sounds like a long time ago. But there was a really good study about five, six years ago in the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA. Mm-hmm. It's a really high-quality study. And they did show that if you were getting an injection every three months for two years straight, no matter how you felt, and you had moderate arthritis, you did have a slight microscopic increase in the overall amount of cartilage degeneration that you had. And this was a really, really well done study. Group A was injected with saline or placebo. Group B was injected with a type of steroid. And there is a slight increase in the amount of cartilage degeneration when you take the entire volume as measured by MRI. So I think there is something to be said that it might be slightly more damaging over the course of many, 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 many injections. The flip side is if you feel great during that time, if you say, hey, if you can have an injection every three to four months for the next five years and you have a slight increase in the amount of cartilage loss that you have, but you're happy and you're pain-free or mostly pain-free, that's ultimately an important decision point for the patient to have with the doctor. But a lot of patients will choose, yeah, I'd rather be pain-free than worry about something that is slightly more degenerative causing than something that isn't, but have a lot of pain and not be able to do the things that I want to
0: do. I think it also highlights that we should probably be judicious in giving injections and like you really don't want to have an injection in like preventative fashion, like I had one three months ago it worked great i'm kind of worried it's going to start hurting it could be better wait until it does hurt and space it out more and like they're not you know totally risk free it's a small change but if you can avoid it better but if it really makes a difference in quality of life then it might be worth that trade-off
1: Absolutely. Um, Now, Nirav, what about meniscus and ACL tears? You see a lot of kids that have injuries, especially if they have a structural problem in their knee, they might be mid-season in football season.
2: Do you inject their knee to get them to just calm down and get them back on the field? Typically not. You know, I think that in general with the younger population, if they're having pain, they're having inflammation, they're having symptoms, that's a sign that they're overdoing it. I mean, unlike the adult population where there's degeneration that you just can't reverse and that degeneration is causing irritation. For kids, that's a warning sign that something's going on. So in general, particularly for short bursts of time or for some sort of acute injury, I usually will not ever use steroid just to get someone back on the field. These are high school athletes, they're junior high athletes, and they're potentially going to cause more serious injury because you're masking that pain that's trying to protect them. You know, the small period of time where sometimes I will do this is... Let's say a patient is, you know, they're nine to 10 months out from a surgery, they're having some residual inflammation, it's preventing them from doing their physical therapy or from making that next step. And then I'll potentially use that, particularly for an older patient kind of sporadically, but simply to use it for a patient to be able to participate in a game or performance, they're just going to cause more degeneration. And I think it also sends the wrong message to these kids that, hey, you're having this pain, let's just mask it so you can perform and not worry about what's going on. So in the pediatric and adolescent population, pretty rare for me to use it. A patient
1: that's having too much pain to perform should not be having an injection, but you're not necessarily going to cause more damage with it. You're just not taking care of the underlying problem. The problem with an ACL injury is if you feel like you're getting an injection to play, it's not that the ACL can tear more. It's that playing when you're ACL deficient is going to make the rest of the knee more unstable and more at risk for having a further injury. And then you're looking at a bigger surgery, longer recovery.
2: You know, and I also think uh, I do get a, a subset of these patients who come in who say that, you know, I want to get this injection as a means not to do my physical therapy. It's like a, it's a way that you can kind of fast forward through that process. So I don't want to do my single leg squats. I don't want to do my exercises and the pain is coming because they're not doing it let me inject it so then i just don't have to do it. So once again i think it's important to understand the reasoning for it and where that pain's coming from rather than masking that not dealing with the root problem.
1: Yeah, i had a good example as we transition to shoulder stuff where i recently had a 16-year-old come in that had been treated for shoulder instability. They had a labral tear in the front of their shoulder. They had been playing football and lacrosse and they've been managed every two months with a shoulder injection to get it to calm down so they could get them back on the field. And the reality is if yes the kid is He was getting the injections to try to manage the instability. He actually didn't have any pain. And he was told if he got the injection, it would allow him to play. And it totally did, except for when his shoulder would feel unstable. So the injection often convinces somebody that they can perform at a higher level. But the reality is that if there is still a mechanical fixable problem, we need to fix that underlying problem because that's what's preventing these young and highly competitive athletes to be able to play at their level. All right, Drew, second scenario, you've got a 48-year-old patient, partial rotator cuff frame. There's a little bit of inflammation above the cuff, hasn't done physical therapy, has some pain at night, but really is kind of miserable. Can't sleep. Partner is there. And they also mention uh, neither of us are sleeping. It's kind of miserable. Please help. Would you do an injection for
0: this patient? I would offer it and I would consider it. And I think in this, the best treatment is physical therapy. We know that like working on the strength, the balance, the motion of the shoulder, and that's what will get it better in the long run and keep it better. There are some people who, you know, especially when they can't sleep at night, they're just miserable. And then they also feel like they can't make any progress with the exercise program. So I think that's where a steroid injection can really play a role. It can help a lot with that pain. So then the rest of your life is better as a result. And then sometimes it lets you just initiate the PT program, get started, and then you push through and then you solve that in the long run. I think also, you know, if they haven't tried oral anti-inflammatories and they want to try Advil instead of getting an injection, that's totally fine too and often works. But, you know, it's one where I would offer it for sure. And usually the people that get it in that situation are happy that they had it.
1: All right, Nerev, let's say that since this is pretty much you, Let's say it's your shoulder and you haven't done any physical therapy, but you haven't really slept all that much. You're not
2: on call. Would you get an injection in your shoulder? I probably wouldn't. I would (laughs) probably try physical therapy, anti-inflammatories first, because I know that I'm not, it's not the best long-term thing for me. But that being said, if I did, have something really important. I've got something where I've to use my upper extremities a lot over the weekend, or there's a wedding, or something where I'm going to be lifting something up. Yeah, then I would consider it. It's you know <laughs> we're gonna to have to go back yeah, to that at some point, but yeah, what are we doing you here? Know? <laughs> 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 you know, then then I think I would I would I would do it. So, but I agree. I think I tried to hold off on it because I know there's probably a larger structural problem that I haven't been live, working out as much as I probably should have been. So. Yeah. There were so many things wrong with that.
1: The fact that you said you're doing heavy lifting (laughs) on a weekend. The the only time you're going to do heavy lifting is when you're at a wedding. But yeah, I agree. I think it's in general, if, it's really interfering. I think it's safe. There isn't really a reason not to do it, especially as a single injection to get the burden of pain down so that you can sleep better, participate in your normal daily activities, be able to participate more with that physical therapy program, but ultimately getting that relative balance. So your cuff is stronger compared to your deltoid is what's going to be that long-term relief. Drew, what about for biceps tendon problems? Do you like using steroid injections when they have that biceps tendinitis and anterior shoulder pain?
0: Yeah, I think it's useful. And it can help really well. The other part is that I think it does give us some diagnostic information. So when that injection works, and they're like, yes, my pain is gone, that was a miracle, then that really helps localize that your pain is from the biceps tendon. So then if it comes back, surgery directed at the biceps tendon may be a more definitive option, but uh, like a very targeted treatment that usually helps and can give us more info. Yeah, I totally agree. I also think it works really well
1: and keeps people out of the operating room a lot. I think yeah. usually with people that are pretty miserable with biceps tendonitis and that like point tenderness on the front of their shoulder, when they get an injection, it's night and day different. And I usually have people who are comfortable doing it under ultrasounds do the injections because I think having that diagnostic accuracy, not to mention the fact that it can be like you said, diagnostic, but we also get to look at the cuff without having to go through an MRI, which is expensive, takes additional time. This, You show up to the office, you get an evaluation of your cuff, you get an injection, and oftentimes that pain goes away and stays away. So it's a single-time treatment. I did want to touch base a little bit on when we shouldn't use injections. I think this is really interesting in that you can't tell when we shouldn't be doing different treatments until you're able to access these large national databases. And there's more and more information that says when you are in close proximity to surgery, it actually isn't as safe to have a steroid injection. So Drew, when do you counsel patients? It's probably not the best time to have a steroid injection.
0: For patients who are considering a joint replacement, some of the best data would point towards at least three months and not having any injection within that window. And the biggest risk that we see is an elevated risk in infection, which when you're having a joint replacement can be just like catastrophic. Like it's a huge ordeal to deal with the infected joint. So anything that raises that risk that you can avoid is worth making sure that you watch out for ahead of time. And then if it's like an arthroscopic surgery, like a uh, you know, meniscectomy, meniscus repair, uh, rotator cuff repair, I think waiting at least like six to eight weeks after the injection is pretty reasonable. And there's some studies that help support that too.
1: Yeah. It's really impressive how consistent that data is. So when you look at a variety of studies over the last five years, and you look at people who are undergoing knee replacement, your risk goes up about one and a half fold. So it's not a huge difference, but like you said, if you are that person that then gets the infection, it's catastrophic. It's multiple different surgeries after that. It really does change the long-term trajectory of how that joint is going to do. I tell my patients it's got to be at least three months before a shoulder replacement or knee replacement, ideally more. And the rotator cuff information is a little bit different because we don't look necessarily at infection. We look a little bit more at re-tear rates and whether or not you're going to be able to heal. And it really highlights the importance of that having the right amount of inflammation is actually a a good thing after surgery. And my favorite study looks at how likely you are over a course of thousands of patients to get a recurrent tear if you have had steroids once or multiple times over the preceding six months. And basically the more injections you've had or any injections within three months of that rotator cuff surgery, you're more likely to suffer a re-tear within the next year. So I think it's really important to allow your body to have its own natural healing, which unfortunately is some inflammation, which does correlate some with pain, but that's going to be what gets you better. Narev, let's say you've got a kid, he's got a hamstring strain. He's a 16-year-old football player. Kind of last scenario, there's data in the NFL that says you can inject that acute hamstring strain, get them back on average at one to two weeks rather than four to six weeks. You consider it for these kids or do you just let them rest in rehab?
2: I think for the vast majority of kids, rest and rehab them. There are certain exceptions when you know that a player is potentially at a higher level. Or if you get a player who's looking to play, potentially play collegiately or, or needs to play in that game for recruiting or, or people are watching. So in those rare instances where it actually is relatively important for them to play, I think it's a reasonable thing to do. But that's eliminating about 98% of kids. 98% of them kids who are just playing recreationally or just on the team, take take one or two weeks off. It's it's not worth these, the, you know, the risks, even though they're small of getting the inch. But every now and then you may get that athlete who needs it or someone that you've treated for a while and understand that they're going to take all the steps afterwards to treat this underlying issue and not just use it to mask the pain, and then I think it's a reasonable thing to do. But most of the time, absolutely not. There is, I would think, maybe some role at that point for those kids to potentially think about biologics to help things heal rather than mask pain. But once again, that's that's a whole other podcast right there.
1: Yeah. Okay. What about if somebody's having elbow pain and they're a pitcher? and they're four days between starts. This way they can get back on the field a little bit
0: faster.
2: Absolutely not, wouldn't do it, not at all. I don't know, but what about you, Drew, would you?
0: No way, no way. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think that's, unfortunately it still happens. People
1: get either steroid injections, sometimes PRP injections. It's not treating that underlying problem. When kids have elbow problems and elbow pain, almost always they need rest. They don't need an injection and get back on the field. Hopefully this was informative. I think, like I said, in looking at the data out there, it is really challenging to parse through it because there's so much average data and there's so much information on other parts of the internet. But hopefully this was helpful in helping patients make some of the decisions around when a steroid injection is gonna be safe for them, when they should probably hold off and pretty much all the time avoid it in kids, except for really uh, specialized situations. So, if you want to hear more about this and other topics, please join us at six to eight weeks com. Feel free to tweet or Instagram near Pandya or follow him in Oakland where he's just wandering around the streets looking for coffee and donuts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to the UCSF Sports Medicine Podcast Six to eight weeks Perspectives in Medicine. What do you think of this topic? Connect with us now. In addition to finding our contact form, you'll also find our social media links and our entire six to eight weeks episode archive. Help us grow our listenership by liking, subscribing, and sharing everywhere. We're eager to hear from you and we'll be sending you more great thought-provoking content in less than six to eight weeks.